There are people today who do not want you to listen to what Jesus is saying. And they can sometimes be in high places. They can sometimes be in high religious places. And they don't want you to listen to what Jesus is saying. So they come up to him and say, well, what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Well, Jesus, and I'm back in our text, Matthew 21, verse 24. Jesus answered and said to them, I will ask you one thing also, which if you tell me, I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. He asks them a question. By the way, he had answered this question already many times. Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue on our study of the book of Matthew. And Pastor Scott brings a message from chapter 21 titled, Was John's Baptism from Heaven? We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. Matthew 21, verse 24. Jesus answered and said to them, I will ask you one thing also, which if you tell me, I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Not all religious questions should be answered, <laughs> okay? And our Lord knows which ones should and shouldn't be. But Jesus said, well, let me ask you a question. Instead of answering their question, by what authority are you doing these things? He asks them a question. By the way, he had answered this question already many times. But because he answered it so clearly earlier, I don't want you to miss this. Maybe you're new to the Bible, and I say, welcome, I'm glad you're here. And I'll tell you, one of the things we need to do is just see what it really says. And already in his three years of ministry, he had answered this question repeatedly. But turn over to John 5. I want you to listen and see for yourself. John 5, and uh, this is way back in the early part of his ministry. He healed a man who'd been 38 years lame. And instead of rejoicing, this guy was lame for 38 years, and Jesus healed him, and uh, they were upset, the religious authorities were upset with him because he did it on the wrong day of the week. Uh, you know, verse 16 of, Matt, of John 5 for this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them saying, my father is working until now, and I myself am working. For this cause, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he not only was breaking their Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father making himself equal with God. Now, this is a very significant point in John's gospel, and I bring it to our attention because he had said very clearly way back when he healed the lame man 38 years, uh, my father is working until now, and I'm working, and he wasn't breaking the Sabbath. He was doing God's will on the Sabbath, 
But when he said it this way, he said it so clearly, they immediately began to seek him all the more, not only because he's breaking their little rules, but because, the end of verse 18, he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Now, just because I think the best use of the next 90 seconds is to just hear what Jesus said, I want to keep reading. Verse 19, Jesus therefore answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and greater works than these will he show him that you may marvel." For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom He wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but He's given all judgment to the Son, in order that all may honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word... And believes in him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. Oh, he had told them by what authority he was doing these things. My father's authority. In fact, my father raises the dead. I raise the dead. Whoever I want to, I raise. The Father is the judge, I'm the judge. He's given all judgment into my hands, in fact. He explains the mystery of what we call the Trinity, the triune God here, the Father and the Son. He doesn't bring the Spirit in just yet, but he says it so clearly that I want you to see what he said in verse 23. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent me, who sent him, he speaks in that third person. I meet people today in Portland who tell me, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. And Jesus Christ said, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And then he says, oh, if you miss everything else, get verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. I was talking to a man the other day, and I asked him a question I often ask people. I said, uh, if you were to die today, and he looked at me, but we were talking about life and death and Christ and heaven and hell. And, you know, we, there was context, but still, when I said, if you were to die today, and I said, and I hope you don't. And he said, I do too. <laughs> then I said, how sure are you that you'd go to heaven? And he told me, 70%. And our conversation went forward from there, but I did tell him this. I said, you know, if I die today, I know I'm going to heaven. Not because I'm any bit better than you, or because, and he'd already told me some of the issues in his life. Well, I could tell him some of the issues in my life. You know, 
It's not because of who I am or what I do or what I haven't done. It's because Jesus Christ, God's Son, died for people like me and you. And as we talked further, he understood this. And God opened his eyes to that truth. And I can tell you today, he knows he's going to heaven. uh, Because he's got, not my word on it, verse 24 on it. God's word on it. He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. Wow. If you're here and uncertain of your relationship with God, hang on to verse 24, John 5, 24. Well, by what authority are you doing these things, they said. So we'll get back to Matthew 21 and... uh, you know, Jesus answers. He doesn't feel the need to answer this every time. And in fact, he's going to call them out a little bit here. So he doesn't answer them. He answers with a question. I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll ask you something. And if you tell me, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. Then verse 25. The baptism of John was from what source? From heaven or from men? Well, that's a very simple question. John the Baptist, it'd be like if I said Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or, you know, everybody knew who John the Baptist was. It wasn't like, who's he talking about? No, he'd taken the nation by storm, okay? And everybody had an opinion, okay? So he said, let me ask you a question. Was the baptism, and you remember John, we call him John the Baptist because he came baptizing people, Uh, He said, was the baptism of John from heaven? Was it of God or was it of man? Simple question. Very difficult for them. (laughs) Okay, verse 25. They began reasoning among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he'll say to us, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for they all hold John to be a prophet. Things that are simple become very difficult when your heart isn't right. Uh, they should have been able to answer, but they were in a dilemma. Boy, if we say from heaven... Then he'll say, well, why didn't you submit to him then? And if we say for men, the people really think highly of John, and we're worried about that. Uh, If he's from God, they should have believed and repented and turned to the one John pointed to. John said what? There he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I came to prepare his way. Uh, he, when they said, oh, hey, Jesus is baptizing more people than John now. John said, he must increase, I must decrease. John's whole message was about Christ. So if they had said, well, from God, then why didn't they respond? So they couldn't say that. But if they said from men, <laughs> if, if its message was from men, he claimed to have it from God. He claimed to speak for the Lord. He was a prophet. He'd say, thus says the Lord. And if he was from man, why they should have openly rejected him. But instead, what did they do? Well, you track it back. And they had openly kind of responded. 
they got in line to get baptized by John, you remember? And back in chapter 3, we saw when John saw these religious leaders in line, he said, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? How about you bring forth some fruit in in keeping with your so-called repentance? He called them out. (laughs) So they had openly kind of identified with him, but privately they'd rejected him. And they were actually, they were kind of taken off the hook, the religious leaders regarding John when Herod arrested him and killed him. Because, okay, one more thing they didn't have to deal with as far as this sort of thing. But uh, let me just draw this principle out for just a moment. When you're seeking to please the crowds, when you're seeking to please men, it's a no-win kind of a thing. It really is. And it never goes well. Uh, You know, it'll keep people... There's many people in Portland who will not come to Christ because they're worried about the approval of man more than the approval of God. You say, how do you know that, Scott? That's a strong statement. Well, turn over to John 12. John 12. Man-pleasing is a constant trap, and it will keep people from Christ. John 12 Verse 42, nevertheless, many, even of the rulers, believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the approval of man rather than the approval of God. Oh, I hope it's not you. Where you're letting what people think of you, what your family might think, This wasn't your faith. You were raised in a different faith, but you've seen who Jesus really is. But you're a little, you're you're tentative to step forward because what would people think in your social circle? What would they think at the club? What would they think at the office? What would they think in your neighborhood? You know, whatever it is, your social set, be careful. Oh, be careful. Don't let people's opinions keep you from Christ. And, And actually... By the way, I hope I'm speaking to you as a Christian now when I say, if you've come to Christ, don't let people's opinion about you following Christ keep you from following him closely. Paul said, and and Paul's such a great example, when he came to Christ, it seems like he was just all in from day one. But he said in Galatians 1, am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a follower of Jesus Christ because I can guarantee you, If you really follow Christ and let him call the shots in your priorities and your attitudes and your actions, there will be those who don't like it. Well, enough said there. Let's get back to the text. They answered Jesus. (laughs) He called them out. He said, well, a simple question, you know, is John's baptism from God or from man? And their dilemma was because their heart wasn't right, and it made it a difficult decision So they answered, verse 27, we don't know. (laughs) I'll tell you, by the way, a lot of agnosticism, we just can't know, is bred of this very source right here, unwillingness to know. We, We don't know. What a weak answer to a simple 
simple question. Oh, don't say, I don't know. John's whole thing, there he is, the Lamb of God. He'll take away your sin. Let me ask you today, in the quietness of your heart right now, who is Jesus? Is he the Lord that John said he was? Is John's message from heaven? Or is John just a deceiver and Jesus really isn't the Lord? I don't know. Who can know? No, you got to make your mind up. Jesus, you can't, you can't straddle the fence on this one. And by the way, I find that many people, maybe you honestly have never really wrestled with that because you've kind of just left it out there hanging. But really, Jesus said it so many times, he is either God or he's a fraud. He's a liar or worse. Crazy to say the things he said if it's not true. So they said, we don't know. Well, he also said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Let me just repeat it. Some questions, even religious questions, don't even need to be answered. You know, by what authority have you done these things? Well, let me ask you a question, Jesus Christ. And by the way, someday... It won't be you and me saying to Jesus Christ, you tell me why, like people do today. If God is God, then how come he allows his suffering? That won't be the question when you stand before God. I guarantee you. Uh, It won't be you and me putting God on trial. No, he's not on trial. And Jesus said, well, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to answer your question either. I'm not going to tell you by what authority I do these things. Of course, he had already answered it many times. But I'll tell you what, what do you think? Verse 28, a man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go to work today in the vineyard. And he answered and said, I will, sir. And he didn't go. And he came to the second and said the same thing. But he answered and said, I will not. Yet he afterwards regretted it and went. Which of the two did the will of his father? (laughs) Jesus When I say he won't answer questions, praise God, he is a gentle, open-hearted Savior today in this day of opportunity, this day of salvation, what is it, June, whatever, 2017. If you're wondering about things, you can come to him and ask, and I'll tell you, he didn't answer their bad-timed or their bad-motived question, but he did say, let me tell you something, and he gave a clear teaching, and he told the parable of these two sons who uh, their dad said, go do this. And one said, I won't. And one said, I will. And then the one who said, I will, didn't. And the one who said, I won't, thought better of it. And afterwards, he regretted it and went. And then Jesus asked them a question, verse 31. Which of the two did the will of his father? With devastating clarity, I mean, it's a simple question. A lot of what Jesus said, children can understand. And this was no, no exception. They said the latter. They, they, they said the latter. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that the tax collectors and the harlots 
will get into the kingdom of God before you. He's talking to the moralistic, religionistic leaders, okay? For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. But the tax gatherers and the harlots did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterwards so as to believe in him. These two boys, one said, I won't, one said, I will. But the one who said, I will, I'll do the will of my father, he didn't. And the one who said, I won't, ended up saying, oh, man, I should, and I will, and he did. Then Jesus doesn't leave it out there. He brings it home. He brings it right home. He said, let me tell you something. The tax collectors and harlots who were saying, we're not doing the will of God, they were open sinners. People just like you and me who failed God many times. When John came in the way of righteousness and proclaimed the gospel to them, they repented and they turned and they believed. He says, the tax collectors and the harlots are going to get into the kingdom before you because the religious people are those who say, oh, we do the will of God. But they didn't. You see, the will of God is that people like you and me, sinners, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved. And he changes us from the inside out. And when a person repents and turns to Christ, he changes us. It's a supernatural thing. We are born of God's spirit. We're born again. And so Jesus summarizes the whole lesson here with even these hypocrites who were trying to trick him and trying to kill him by proclaiming this gospel that you hear him say time after time after time. John's whole message was to come to this Christ. They didn't. They said, we, we, we don't need repentance. We're, we're already doing many religious things. By what authority would you cleanse out our religion? And those who openly confessed their sin and turned to him, he said, and you know, this was, you see this all the way through his ministry. He was criticized for being the friend of sinners. Well, we got to stop, but I'll tell you this. This passage, like so many, guards the gospel of grace. You are saved not by what you do and what you accomplish and what you do and don't do, but you're saved by what he did. And he came to seek and to save tax collectors, the lowest of the low. But he changed them from greedy, rich, a lot of them were rich, like Zacchaeus, into generous givers. He changed them. He came for people that will admit their sin. So that God guards the gospel of belief and yet uh, weds that belief to a response. And when, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, He does change your life. You've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, Was John's Baptism from Heaven? A message from our study of the Gospel of Matthew. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today, or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to AbideInTheWord.us. 
A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. We're continuing to see new growth in the Romans Project on the continent of Africa. Recently, we've added the countries of Guinea, Mali, Togo, and Ivory Coast to the ever-expanding outreach of the project. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this ministry or become a partner with us as we minister to pastors and church leaders throughout Africa. Just navigate over to romansproject.org or connect with us at facebook.com slash romansproject. Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us for our live online Sunday worship service at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 a.m. You can find us live on YouTube by searching for SW Bible Live or go to swbible.org and click on Live Stream. We also broadcast the service live on the radio on True Talk 800 AM. It's best to check the 800 AM program guide for up-to-the-minute schedule adjustments. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. This great King Nebuchadnezzar saw this great statue, gold and then silver and then bronze and then iron, down at the feet, iron and clay mixed, and then a rock cut without hands... And in the scripture, that's a clear indication, not something man came up with, something God did. This rock lands on it, and the whole thing is demolished. It speaks of the return of Jesus Christ, the second coming of Christ. So you have here in verse 44, the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. Today, he's not landing on people, smattering them, you know. He's saying to you, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. But many people, Jew and Gentile alike, stumble on him. And to stumble on him is to miss everything. Join us again next time as we continue in our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Pastor Scott will bring a message titled, A Stone of Stumbling and a Rock of Offense. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. 